This is the Tribune Audio Network. Uh, welcome to Sip. Survive. And repeat. I'm Jenny. I'm Danelle. And I'm Kenny. Uh, if you hear and... the pitter-patter of little feet around here, it's my dog Sedona. She won't leave me alone. If you hear some loud snoring, it's Callie laying next to me. Official official Sip Survive Repeat mascot, Callie. Um, and, and Donna is the other one. So I was only allowed to pick one of my animals, even though I have like 20. <laughs> How are those hamsters <laughs> doing? Uh, they're gerbils. And they're gerbils, sorry. <laughs> they're good. <laughs> they Two of them are very tame and like my stepdaughter can pick them up and like put them in her pocket. Like they're just very Aww. like cool with being handled. Then there's one that's like a total dick. So there's always one. So that one, if you want to take him out, you basically have to put him in the little ball that they run in. Like you mm-hmm. like put it in, he jumps in, you put the cap on and then he can run around, but you can't really hold him because he bites. Yeah. Uh, they all yeah. bite a little bit, but he's like kind of bad, but he, yeah. He's not good. So, and then I still have four everyone? dogs. Oh. I still have four dogs. That's all. Still four. And oh, God. Okay. But Donna's Tell's... the official mascot. Yes. She's our official <laughs> horse mascot. Callie's our official dog mascot. And once Kenny gets a pet one day, he can add to the mascot crew. Kenny, have nice. you guys ever talked about pets? Do you think, are you a cat person or a dog person? I like both, but Kim hates cats. Like, absolutely <laughs> hates cats. <laughs> Is she allergic? She, yeah, she used to be very allergic, but since, like, allergy shots, I don't think it's as bad, but she still just hates them more than anything. Oh. Yeah, I think I think aggress. people that are allergic are not fans yeah. of cats. Like, I, I would love... probably have a cat right now if I could, because they're so easy to take care ca- of. Yeah, I don't love cats because of my allergies, but um, I have found... There are certain cats I'm more allergic to than others. Did you know it's the their saliva? Have we talked about this? It's yeah, their saliva that have. you're allergic to. It's not like their hair or like what's the the dander when it comes off has their saliva on it, which is what you're allergic to. It's a protein. Mm. So there's certain cats that have less of that protein, which means you'll be less allergic to them. I'm a cat lover, and I will probably always have a cat. Although Todd is allergic to cats, but how's he doing? Since you he's adopted. Good. He's fine. He's okay. fine. He takes Allegra every day and okay. it works. But right. you know what he's really allergic to? He had one of those allergy tests, Jenny. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Durables. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. He scored really high on the durable category. I feel like so, I might be allergic to the durables. I'm going to be honest with you because I feel like um, when we got them, that's when all my like... uh junk in my throat and like post nasal drip started oh my god you probably are gerbils and rabbits were really high for him i don't handle them that often and they're in izzy's room so i'm just like oh yeah i'm not gonna make her get rid of her gerbils so right now i'm just just, i'm going with the flow yeah yeah i also feel like i have acid reflux which is also causing some of the phlegm but anywho are you doing um, like a prilosex we can talk about that off off topic. Off well, camera. <laughs> I almost I said off camera. Off, <laughs> off camera. Uh, I'm taking a prescription version of it. So it's like even more, oh, okay. it's like stronger. So mm-hmm. anywho, um, I was going to tell you guys about a confession about cooking during quarantine. Let's hear it. I'm really bad at cooking. 
in general. I've come to this realization. Donald, I believe, is now on board with that as being <laughs> the, tr- the truth. Um, so basically, anytime Donald is like outside doing something, I'm like, I can either make us some pasta or I can order us something from Uber Eats. <laughs> like, those are and the he's like, order something. Sometimes he says pasta, like, because he, oh. he really loves spaghetti, especially spaghetti with meatballs. Mm-hmm. And so I just have frozen meatballs, which is, like, not hard. And then um, I can make pasta, boil water, put pasta in, call it a day. Um, and we have this sauce. This is a shout-out for a local company called Mids. I love Mids. Damn it, if it isn't the most delicious sauce on earth. It's and so the meat good. sauce is good. Yeah. Oh, my like, God. Usually I'm amazing. weird about, like, prepackaged meat stuff. Like, usually Ugh. I won't do that. But Mids so is an exception. It's delicious. It's so good. And also, we just got the um, Italian sausage uh, sauce, and it's real good. Oh, I haven't had that. Now, okay. I made lasagna on Sunday. And yes. it turned out great. We've been eating it for the past several days. However, prior to that, I made stuffed pork chops, and they were disgusting. So I feel your pain. <laughs> It was a total <laughs> gross disaster. It looked like vomit on a plate. I'm not going to say. It was disgusting. But we ate it. So there Good. you go. Good. I love it. Um, mm-hmm. Hold on. I'm just walking across my room here. I'm under the covers because I'm comfy. But then it was getting a little hot. I had to turn up the fan. That's when you know you're getting old. It's dreary out today. It's like I such know. a cozy day. I know. I've been like sitting on a kitchen I mean, it has a back, but it's like a kitchen stool all day doing work. So I'm just excited to be in my bed under my covers. It's magic. All right. Should we talk about survival stuff? We should. Let's do it. Okay. Um, We decided I'm going first this week, which is a little bit of a change. But I just literally finished watching this documentary (laughs) 25 minutes ago. So it's real fresh in my head. (laughs) Let's do it. Woo! Okay. This is from an episode of I Shouldn't Be Alive, Season 5, Episode Mm -mm -mm. 5. And you can put yourself in the place. It's called Hornby Island. It's in Western Mm -hmm. Canada. Mm -hmm. um, And it's off the North Pacific coast. I'm there. Okay. So, like, really picturesque. Kind of like the Pacific Northwest is what I'm guessing. Calgon, take me away. (sighs) I love the Pacific Northwest. All right. So, uh, the story is about a gentleman. Oh, God. Why can't I scroll? Oh, here we go. All right. We're having scrolling issues already. It's not good. All right. His name is Jordan Nicurity. Not sure if I'm saying that right. But um, he is like a real granola-y guy. Um, He was originally out of school. He was an organic farm worker. Um, I don't know exactly what that means. I assume that means he was farming on people's farms that grew things organically. Okay. Sounds, <laughs> sounds, sounds right. Okay, good. Sounds legit. <laughs> okay. Um, and then he found this town called Hornby. He f- and I was oh, he found I, the town. He didn't no he didn't like okay. He didn't fa- like he didn't found it like I'm the founder of Hornby. He like stumbled <laughs> upon it and was like, this is okay. cute. <laughs> 
It wasn't he founded. It was he found. Okay. Okay. Um, he loved it. It, had hi- it was a hiking country. It had windswept coastlines and sea cliffs and sandstone formations. It was very picturesque. Um, so it's in Hornby that he decided to start his own small gardening business. Um, but his favorite thing to do was to kind of go out in his free time and um, take pictures of some of this like really beautiful landscape that he was living around. And the town of Horn- Hornby, Hornsby, hold on, Hornby uh, was really small. So there weren't a ton of people around, um, but everyone who lived there was really friendly. So he felt like he really fit in um, up there. Uh, he decided one morning that he was going to go to a remote beach um, on the islands in the easternmost tip of Hornby. Um, and he figured he'd be home by lunchtime. So he just packed, it was October. So he packed a sweater, like a wool sweater. And then he also packed, um, a a canister, a thermos, there we go, a thermos of hot tea. And I was like, smart. So I like the way he travels. Um, it's very, it's very J crew catalog. I'm picturing. Yeah. That's a wool sweater sweater. or a thermos. He had his backpack with all of his like photography gear. Yeah. So he's like super. he's like out there. And um he has like the this kind of longish, shaggy, wavy hair. Um and the reenactment, I will say the reenactment guy was pretty hot. So yay. Mm-hmm. Taking so a sip of it's, wine. It's exactly how I'm picturing him. Like a Brad Pitt Brad Pitt esque. Yeah, okay. except for that the real life guy. He has, like, the long shaggy hair, and he was wearing a wool sweater, but he wasn't, like, gorgeous enough that has anything to do with anything. The fact that he gets through this ordeal that we're (laughs) about to talk about is amazing. So he's attractive for that. All right. Right. So he decides uh, that he doesn't want to go on the hiking trails. And I say, agreed, I also don't like hiking trails, but I also just don't like hiking. So (laughs) I'd be like, let's go home. Um, he decided he wanted to go bushwhacking and I was like, what the fuck? So I look up what, what the actual term bushwhacking <laughs> means, but to him, it meant to him, it meant going off the trail, like through the brush, through the wilderness, like not on a trail that was made by man. Oh, okay. And I was like, this sounds terrible. I mean, but that's just me, a non-hiker, a non-runner. Really? I prefer not to walk. Let's be I honest. prefer I'm- not to move. <laughs> I prefer to be lounging with a glass of wine. Um, so he decides to bushwhack through uh, the, the brush and everything to get to an inaccessible beach called Mushroom Beach. And there was really no reason as to why it was called Mushroom Beach. Um, I was hoping that like maybe magic mushrooms grew there, but unfortunately that's not the case. Uh, He gets to uh, the cliff to get down to Mushroom Beach, and it's super steep. So he he notices that someone had tied a rope around a tree uh, stump at the top of this cliff. And so he was going to hold on to the rope and kind of like, what's that called? Rappel down to Mushroom Beach. Um, Hard pass. Okay. Okay. So we're already making bad decisions. A, with hiking in general... Be with bushwhacking and then see rappelling, rappelling down a cliff on a rope that someone tied around a fucking tree. Like, yeah. not a smart plan, Jordan. But 
That's what he does. He's very adventurous. Uh, and in my head, I'm like, he's going to have to climb back up that bitch. Like, that's awful. Um, but beach season is over because it's October in Canada. Uh, so the beach is completely empty. So he makes it down to the bottom uh, with no incident. Um, and he finds a really cool wood shelter that someone had built. And so he took a lot of pictures of that. He then uh, sits next to this wood shelter. He pulls out a 1970s National Geographic, which I'm like, what, why'd you have that? You like See, the movie? it's just a you J like the bo- crew The booby pictures? That's yeah. what my brother used to look at it for, I think. <laughs> okay, wait. Another red flag is the fact that there was a shelter built on the beach. Right. Meaning, like, know. someone else probably was stuck there. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. I don't know. But, like, no one was down there. So, like, if they were, yeah, that's they, they either made it out or they their body was removed. Right. I don't know. <laughs> um, so then he started to wander around and look for images to take uh, with his camera. And um, he said he started as a newspaper writer and he got some lessons from one of the photographers at the newspaper. So he kind of knew what to look for. Um, his mission that day was to really get good pictures of the sandstone formations, which are like, I guess, a big deal on Mushroom Beach. And then it came to me that maybe that's why it's called Mushroom Beach, because a lot of the sandstone probably looks like mushrooms, like skinny at the bottom. Oh, yeah. Shroomy yeah. at the top. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, so he decide he sees a ledge um, and it's pretty high up, but he can see Vancouver Island. Uh, if he gets up there, he thinks he'll have a really good shot. So it's pretty steep. So he decides that he's going to leave his camera bag and start climbing to see if it was indeed a good shot. And if he should uh, take the time and the energy to lug his entire like pack of gear all the way up. So he starts climbing and the climb becomes steeper. And then he notices there's like a big bulge in the rock face that he has to get around. Um, And he thinks about giving it up and not getting the shot, but he really wants to get it. Again, I'm like, why? This is like your hobby. But again, whatever. Uh, Um, So he he puts his fingers in uh, a crack that he thought was going to be stable for him to pull himself up with and around that that bulge. And it turns out that that crack was deeper than he thought. And the whole thing pulled off the wall. (gasps) Oh, my God. And he watched the rock that he just pulled off the wall and it took at least full two, a full two seconds for it to hit the ground. So it was like one uh-uh. Mississippi, two Mississippi, and then it hit nope. the ground. And then he realizes that he is completely unstable because he has no, nothing to grab with that hand. And his feet are not in a very good position. He looks down and he sees jagged rocks all along the bottom. And uh-huh. then he starts to fall. And he says time slowed to almost stopping. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. So then he hits. Gravity, gravity takes over, and he finally, cursed splat, hits the bottom. And when he comes to, he is really surprised he's not dead. <laughs> yeah, right, I would, right. too. I mean, yeah. It was a pretty big fall, and it was on to rock. Um, so he said he was more happy than scared, and he was really glad his brains were still inside his head. <laughs> that was one of his quotes. I was like... <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> smart yes so he start. he said first things first he felt around on his head like his skull to make sure nothing felt broken oh and, my god and nothing was leaking out you know, uh, you know what i'm saying 
Hell yeah. And he was really happy because his head felt completely intact. Um, but then he was like terrified that he might be paralyzed. He said he laid there for like five minutes trying to work up the courage to wiggle his toes. To just, just try. Like, just to try. Even... He's like, if I do it and I don't, I'm like screwed. Well, yeah, because if he wiggles his toes and nothing happens, then he's a goner, too, because he's just going to be stuck there, you know? Right. So he lays there for five minutes. He finally gets the courage to do it, and he wiggles his toes, and they move. And he's like, yes! So he's thinking he's in the clear, because he's like, all right, my head isn't broken. Nothing's coming out of it. My feet, my toes wiggle, which means I'm not paralyzed. So he's like, all right. I'm going to try and roll over. So he tries to roll over, and then all of a sudden he feels bone grating against uh, each other. Uh-uh. And, he, and he said, something's very broken. Oh, God. I'm like, oh, gross. Yeah, you're not going to get out of that without breaking something. Yeah, yeah. And this is Survivor piece, so something's going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> of course. I'm like, then he fell, then he got up, and he walked back to his car. Yeah, what if you're like, he got up and he left. It was great. <laughs> it was such a survival. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, again, he's like in the interview, he's talking and he's like, I heard, and he's like, I guess I shouldn't say heard. I more felt and heard a very loud crunch. And I'm like, I'm like dry heaving at this point watching this fucking video. Um, that's probably why he thought it was his head. Yeah. You you know what I mean? If you hear that loud crunch, that's probably why he was like, oh my God, my brains are probably all over this rock. Spilling out everywhere. So he reaches behind him and he feels his hip and he can actually feel Mm. jagged bones pushing against his skin through his hip. Mm -mm. Because his pelvis is shattered. Oh, I feel like every time I do a story where someone falls off a cliff, their pelvis gets shattered. So let's just... a lot of pelvic shattering stories. I do. I don't know why so many. Oh, and that lady who got stuck in the car on the bridge, her pelvis yeah, was shattered too. It was. Yes. <sighs> so, um, again, like I think one of the other ones that fell off a cliff, because the pelvis is shattered, the, his right leg is now separated from the rest of his body. Mm-mm. Like it's not attached to anything. So it's just no. like dead weight. So he decides he really needs to get onto his stomach so he can at least crawl. Uh, he left, this is just reminders to everyone. He left his phone, his cell phone in his van. Guys, don't do it. Bring him he with li- you. He lives alone, so no one knows where he is. And the beach he has come to has no visitors that time of year. So let's just all remember, maybe keep your phone with you. Maybe tell someone where you're going to go. And maybe don't go to an isolated location. Alone. To do, to do dangerous shit. You can go to an isolated location to sit and ponder life, but don't go do dangerous shit. (laughs) You can go take some pictures, bushwhack, whatever it is you want to do. But then once you see a rope tied to a tree Mm. going down somewhere, just turn around and go home. Unless you have someone with you. Yeah. If you have people with you, fine. You can be as dangerous as you want. Do whatever you want. We don't care. But someone should have a phone or something with them. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's our PSA. (laughs) That's everyone's reminder to stay safe. Uh, okay, so he has to try and pull himself forward with his arms uh, because his bottom half, although not paralyzed, uh, a big part of it isn't working. Um, so he tried really hard, but he could barely move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get to the part where he reminds himself that in movies and stuff, he remembers people biting bullets. 
to take his mind off the pain. I'm like, why why do we all keep thinking of this? But I mean, the last one, it turned out that the guy who crashed a plane bit into a piece of wood and there were termites in it, which grossed me out to no end. Oh, yeah. You did that and he broke his pelvic too. Pelvis too, I think, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, So he doesn't have a bullet, obviously. And I don't think there's wood really right where he is. He's on a lot of rocks. So he takes his belt off and it actually does work. He bites it as he tries to crawl forward Mm. using like his arms. And he said, I put quite a few deep teeth marks in that belt. I bet you did. I'm sure you fucking (laughs) did. (laughs) He said, it's really hard because there's boulders in the way and he couldn't see what was coming next because he was only like a foot off the ground with his head. Like you couldn't see what was coming. So if he gets over one boulder, there could have been an even bigger boulder beyond it. And he can't see that until he's already there. Um, At one point, he does get himself up on his good leg, but his right leg is like not coming with him. So he's like up on a boulder in the reenactment. I don't know if this is exactly how it was in real life. He looks like he's kind of in the splits because his right leg is dragging behind him so much. Um, And he got really nervous and just started yelling for help, even though he knows like no one is there. There's no one around. Um, So in order to get himself out of the splits situation, he just like threw himself onto his left shoulder so that he would limit the impact on his like hurt right side. So he just like whomped himself on the ground. Mm. It's like gross. It sounds terrible. Now, when you say he was in splits, he was in like a split position. Yeah, like his he oh, had like okay. he had stood up on his good leg and he was like moving forward, but his right leg was still behind him because it's not attached to anything. So then it just okay. kept getting farther back as he Got moved it. forward. <laughs> I mean, like, kind, it was kind of um... comical, but I was like. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny but it's not it's not it's funny but it's not because but he survived so it's fine yeah everything's fine um okay so it took him two hours to travel 40 meters oh my gosh that's not even halfway to his bag and i think that's less than half a uh, football field no what's football field yards um 100 yards right football yeah field? i think Penny? so yeah all right well anyway 40 meters isn't that long and he was only he wasn't even halfway to his bag, which is what he was trying to get to. Because his bag had his what? wool, He's gonna his take wool a sweater. Or oh. <laughs> no, it had his wool sweater and his hot tea. Okay, what's he gonna do with that? I don't fucking know. <laughs> Why like <laughs> I really want to get to my wool sweater and my hot tea. I'm well, because thirsty. I think I think night is about to fall and he needs oh, to be warm. Okay. Okay. okay, I didn't realize that it was... Okay, Okay. Sorry. so remember... I'm making is... fun of the victim, sorry. It's fine, it's fine. Uh, so he... I forget I forget if you guys remember. <laughs> That's a weird statement. <laughs> uh, he's, he's on a beach. Again, Mushroom Beach. And he realizes the tide is moving in. Oh, shit. He started to hike at low tide. And now, <laughs> tide is moving back in. And he is below the high tide mark. Mm-mm. So now he has to really hustle with his gimpy leg and his broken pelvis while he's biting his belt. So thankfully he makes it to higher ground and he makes it to his bag. Uh, it is now dark and it took him four hours to go 100 yards. Oh my so God. four hours to go one football field. And earlier that same trip had taken him one minute. Oh my God. Okay. 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 But good news, he got his sweater and his hot tea. 
I'm gonna hope the tea. I'm gonna hope that tea wasn't steeping the whole time, because God what damn it, you, that would be some bitter ass tea. But what kind of tea do you think it was? I'm I'm gonna go with like an herbal. He seems like an herbal tea guy, like a chamomile or. I'm thinking like a green. Oh, like okay. a green tea. You're you're like that's not herbal. <laughs> <laughs> I think chamomile is herbal, but I feel like oh, okay. unless you're going to sleep, I don't know why you make yourself chamomile tea. Yeah. Uh, and this was like, he was on a hike. So I'm thinking like green tea, cause green tea is supposed to give you like energy or some shit like that. Okay. I was just and, curious. I'm, anyhow, I'm trying to envision it. Okay. In his sweater, drinking his fucking tea <laughs> in a lot of pain <laughs> in a split <laughs> in the splits, <laughs> no pelvis left. I mean, I don't know. Uh, temps are dropping rapidly. Uh, he tried to sleep, but anytime he shifted at all, he had terrible pain. Uh, and then the worst thing, you know, when you're falling asleep and you feel like you're falling. Yes. Okay. He said he kept feeling that like he was falling off the cliff. Yeah. He's probably having like nightmares and PTSD from it too. Yeah. Yeah. So the next morning he wakes up and he decides he needs to keep going. Uh, his plan is to find or to get back to um, there's a rocky beach where he can go and there's wood there. That's where he saw that little like um, shelter that someone had made. So he figured he would go there and he would make a signal fire, which I assume means a really big fire. So people will see it and they will come rescue him. Good plan. Okay. The problem is it took him four hours to go a hundred yards. And it took, and now this is 400 meters away. I should have translated this all into, like, the system that I understand. But it's, it's fine. fine. Okay, so now he has to go, like, double what he did the day before. Okay. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. But he did discover something. If he takes that belt he's been biting on, and he puts it around his right leg. He can move he, his leg for himself. He can, he can pull his leg along with him. Like a little dead puppy. Just like pull it, pull it along. Like it's, Jesus. it's dead weight. I don't know. But you've done a story before where someone did that. See, this podcast can save your life. You did a story before where someone did that, where they used, or one of us did, where they used an object to carry their other limb with them. So, yes. <laughs> or so, like a dead puppy. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's a bad visual. I think I said it because my dog, she's been sleeping like a good girl. And then she got up and just started like getting in my business again. All right. <laughs> so uh, he noticed that by doing this, uh, it stopped bones grinding against bones in his pelvis. Oh. And he was in much less pain. So it gave him some hope. Sedona, don't do it. Don't do it. Oh, my God. Okay. I'm moving away from you. Okay. He was very unaware that he also had serious internal injuries. Um, and as he's crawling along to try and get to this rocky beach, he is pulling himself on this sandstone that the beach is so famous for. Well, it doesn't do well for his skin. So his fingertips, he basically sands his fingertips off. <gasps> oh. On the sandstone. Sedona, I'm going to beat you get out of here go go oh my gosh she's sitting Penny, on my lap title this one title this one <laughs> dead dogs and jenny's beating her dog <laughs> please don't yeah i'll talk a little beating. catcher but maybe she, just jenny beats her dog or something she, no, she's just literally kidding. sitting on my lap oh now she's laying down on my lap what a brat okay um 
so he has no fingertips because he's been pulling himself with his hands. Um, they have there's pictures at the end. It is disgusting. So it's like if you were a terrible serial killer and you tried to take your fingerprints off, like you should just go to this beach and pull yourself along for a while because it works. Get rid of your fingerprints for shizzle. All right, tip of the day. <laughs> Here's the tip for all my serial killer listeners. <laughs> uh, okay. The sandstone is also tearing apart his clothes. And I'm like, not the wool sweater. Um, no. <laughs> but it's like. It's dry clean only. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> so he's like, it's breaking through his pants. And he can feel his legs like that they're getting torn up. And he thinks that it's tearing up not only the skin, but he feels like it's going through muscle. Like that's how deep oh. the sandstone is going. I'm like, I'm going to barf. Quit talking, sir. Okay, I'm going to try and move a little. So don't get out of here. Oh, God, I pressed something on my computer. Okay. Uh, It has now been 26 hours since his initial fall. And he's being tormented by thirst. But he can't drink the water all around him. So it's like water, water everywhere, but not a drop to drink. Uh, He's kind of near some of these pools of water. Um, where the waves like crash and make little pools among the sandstone. So he thinks maybe they have a lower salt content. And I'm like, Jordan, that doesn't sound smart. (laughs) So he, um, he starts dragging himself through the salty rock pools because, um, it's the quickest way to get to the beach he's trying to get to, to build this fire. And while he's doing that, he's like, might as well take a drink. I'm like, no. So he takes a drink. It doesn't taste good, but he's so thirsty, he just, like, gulps a bunch of it. He also says that going through the um, salty rock pools is excruciating because he has all these open wounds now. His fingertips. Oh, God, yeah. The skin on his legs. uh, He has, like, some wounds on his head, even though, like, his head didn't crack open. It still had, like, cuts and gashes. So everything was just, like, burning. Uh, he also says, again, bone is rubbing against bone. I'm like, gross, sir. I think that's the grossest part for me. Anything mm-hmm. b- bone-related, gross. Uh, he then looks up and he sees a kayaker. Oh, yay! So he starts yelling and he tries to wave one of his arms that is still functioning properly. And he said he kept watching and the kayak didn't seem to move. And he was, like, confused. And then after a while, he figures out it's not a kayak or a kayaker. It's just a rock jutting out of the water. Oh, no, he's hallucinating. That's he sure thing. is. He's sure hallucinating. So he's like, this is not good. This is not good. So it's a, the, the narrator who's British is like, he's losing the battle with body and mind. That was more <laughs> Australian, but whatever. It was like very dramatic and I liked it. Um, so he's only halfway back to the beach when the weather turns. So now it starts pouring rain on this poor kid. Oh my Um, god. And he's thinking in his head, fuck, the wood on the beach that I was going to make this big fire with is going to be soaking wet. And guess what you can't make a fire with? Soaking wet wood. So he's like a wet wool sweater. (laughs) Anything wet is going to be bad for fire making. Yeah. Poor guy. So if only I had a hairdryer and a plug. He could dry out some stuff. But anyway, um, 30 hours after the initial fall, he finally reaches the beach. Um, 
Again, it's too wet to start a fire, but that wooden shelter that he originally took pictures of is there. And he said it wasn't waterproof and it wasn't windproof, but it was like the Ritz Carlton to me because he was soaking wet and he was just like, it gave him some sort of shelter. So he got in there and he balled up to try and conserve heat Um, because he realized at this point exposure could be uh, the death of him at this point. So it may not be the injuries, it might be actual exposure because he's getting so cold because he's soaking wet. He then realizes that drinking from pools, from the saltwater pools, was a really bad idea because all that night he threw up saltwater all night long. Is that common if you drink yeah. Oh, of, like is that okay yeah don't drink salt water you guys i mean i know you're not, not suppo- i know you're not supposed to do that you need fresh water but i never really knew why you couldn't drink salt water so well i feel like it does bad stuff to you but like and i don't know if part of the reason he was throwing up so much could be because of his injuries too um but long story short yeah if you drink a lot of salty water it's gonna make you puke it's gonna like, make gross. you more thirsty too probably yeah yeah it's gonna dehydrate you more than anything i think All right, so now it's day three. It's 40 hours since the fall. Jeez. He figured that he'd have to find people, and he'd have to get up that cliff he originally came down, the one with the rope around the tree, Mm -hmm. the very steep one. So he's thinking, I'm going to have to climb up a sheer cliff without legs, and he's like, this is going to be insane. So he gets over to where the rope is, and he has to start pulling himself, and he can only use his arms and it's basically like pulling up a dead body behind him not a dead puppy but a dead body (laughs) (laughs) so he's he's like making shit happen and he said it was awful because he does it his hold on his hands are a mess they are like he describes them as hamburger meat oh god hamburger meat i'm like gross (laughs) they really do look like that at the end though um so He's trying to grab rocks as he's pulling up on this rope, too. And he finds it very mentally disturbing because of what happened the last time he was on a cliff like this. Obviously, that's when he fell because he grabbed the wrong, like, yeah, hold for his hand. So he's, like, mentally playing this game where he's, like, almost slowing himself down because he's scared to touch certain rocks because he's worried that he'll fall again and then he'll either die or he'll become paralyzed. Um, then it gets real good. The rope that was tied around a tree Mm-mm. came off. What? <laughs> I would be like, I'm done. I'm, I know. <laughs> I'm done. So the rope comes off and he actually, he was able to act quick enough that he grabs a rock that was right next to him and the rope falls to the ground and he is fine. So he is like clinging to the side of this cliff, holding onto a rock. Um, but his legs don't work. Exactly. I don't understand what's happening, but I'm telling you, shit's getting real. He said his arms felt like dead logs and his grip is getting weaker and weaker because of his hamburger fingers. And he said, I have to use my last ounce of strength or I'm going to die. He said, I couldn't feel my hands. I couldn't get my fingers to flex, but he was only centimeters from, uh, from safety. So like if he could just move like a few more centimeters and in my head, I'm like centimeters are tiny, right? Like, I don't know. Um, so he finally uses his last bit of strength and he pulls himself up and over the vertical bit. So now he's on flat line, flat land. I'm, I'm sorry. I just almost spit out my drink. Cause you said hamburger fingers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the hamburger <sighs> fingers. 
Oh, we forgot to tell everyone what we were drinking. We'll tell them in a minute. All right. <laughs> All right. So it's been 48 hours since the initial fall. He is chronically dehydrated and he has to get to his car. But his car is three times farther than he's gone so far. Like insanely far from his current location. Because remember, he went bushwhacking before he went down yes. this, like, this very steep cliff hill thing with the oh. rope. So he starts calling for help. But of course, he sees no sign of anyone because he's out in the middle of nowhere where no one goes. Uh, so his idea is that he needs to reach one of the forest trails. One of the forest trails he was so adamant he didn't want to hike on because that's, right. what, that's not what real hikers do. But he figured maybe if he did that, he would find a hiker. Like a smart one who stays on the on the trail with, um, so, with a cell phone. So he is so thirsty at this point that there's like because of the rain, there was like little droplets all over the grass. So he basically is crawling around, licking the grass. Oh, that's so sad to me. Oh. And then he said, if he found a cobweb in the grass, it would be like the Aww. jackpot. Because yeah. a, a cobweb would have like 20 or 30 droplets on it. So he's like, I would just eat the cobweb. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no. Uh, he pulls himself around for six hours. Wow. And he finds a picnic table and crawls under it and spends the night there. He actually had crawled that day in that six hours two kilometers. Which is like... That's a long. That's a long way. Is it a long? Is it a long time? Okay. I don't know. Like a five k is what? Like three and a half miles. So two k. I don't know. It's it's probably so like one point two miles. Yeah. There you go, Kenny. Math. 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 That's, that's that is far. So he's under this picnic table and he decides, okay, I'm 26 and I'm gonna die right now. Like this is it. Uh, it is now 65 hours since the initial fall and four days later, he wakes up in the morning and he's like holy shit, I'm still alive. So he forces himself to go on. So he gets close to where people might be. And um, he said he would crawl like five or six feet and then he would pass out, like lose consciousness for like 10, 15 minutes. So he no longer had control over like his consciousness. He's getting to the end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So he hears voices, he thinks it's hikers, but he keeps slipping into unconsciousness. He said his dreams and reality were becoming a blur. And then he hears voices again. And he said they were only meters away. So he started yelling, but he, his voice was very weakened. Um, he, can see the, he can actually see the hikers through the trees. And they are moving farther away from him. And he's like, no way. So he finally lets out, like, one more help. And there's a lady at the end of the hiking group in an orange rain jacket. And she stopped. And she turned around. And she took a few steps back and she finally sees Jordan. Oh my gosh. Okay. So finally they come running over and he's like, at this point I'm thinking, all right, my work is done. Now it's up to them to get me the help I need. Cause like, I can't do anything else. I'm like, damn straight, Jordan. I think you've done enough. You get a break now. Yeah. So he gets to the hospital and it turns out he has a ruptured pancreas. Oh my God. So, yeah, he was about to die for sure. Yeah. Some people die from a ruptured pancreas within hours. Um, He had internal hemorrhaging, so, like, internal bleeding. They had to put his uh, pelvis back together using 
12 centimeter long titanium screws in the uh in the picture it looked like there were about three of those holding his pelvis back together and he had to have major skin grafts to both his legs and his hands because of all the damage that was done from the sandstone of him crawling on it wow oh my god so um he now lives every day like it's his last he is much more on top of staying in touch with his family because that was one of the things he said is like it wasn't uncommon for me to not talk to my parents or my brother for like a week or more at a time. And he's like, I just feel like because of that, they would never have known I was gone for quite some time. So um, just being a little bit more aware of, you know, who, who your actions may affect, I guess, was kind of his thing. And then also saying like, live every day like it's your last, because sometimes one dumb decision will make you make it be your last. So um, he still likes to do all of his adventurous stuff, but um, I think he's a little bit more careful with, you know, <laughs> keeping a phone with him and telling people where he is. Uh, but that's the story of Jordan. That's, that's crazy. And most importantly, he can never eat hamburger helper again. <laughs> Which is so sad because that's one of my specialties. Among the fact that I can make pasta, I'm also really good at hamburger helper. So I love a good hamburger helper dish. I feel like we've talked about this before, but that is a great story. Wow. Hey, thanks. Um, can I just one more uh, shout out to hamburger helper? If they want to be a sponsor of the show, they can. Uh, I was making hamburger helper beef stroganoff and mm. I did not have enough milk to make the, um, the sauce. What did and you do? I used sour cream and it made it like almost better because it was so much richer. It was like, Ooh. so good. I had like half of it was milk and then the other half I had to use sour cream and it was like pretty heavenly. So that sounds amazing. I had to Amber use coffee hack. creamer. Oh I used coffee no. creamer for mac and cheese this weekend, but it was like, it was like heavy whipping cream. Oh, okay. I'm thinking like, like, no, like no, 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 no. Coffee mate. And I'm like, no, no, that's not dairy. <laughs> no, it was like a heavy whipping cream coffee, like a original, like whatever coffee cream. It was great. It turned out <laughs> wonderful. Okay, good. That makes me feel slightly better. That was really good, Jenny. Good job. Hey, thanks. Thanks a lot. Um, let's, before you tell me your story real quick, what are you drinking? Um, I'm actually drinking hot tea, you guys. Because I oh. had a lot of wine last night. Oh, I had no wine last night. But I also like rode Donna, so. My teeth were very purple. Um, <laughs> we found, so Todd, I found, uh, actually Todd found a box of, uh, box wine in our little wine thing that I forgot about. So I busted into that. It was delicious. So I'm recovered. I have a little bit of a, a little hungover today. So I'm going to have, I'm having, actually I'm drinking chamomile. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you are. Try not to fall asleep. <laughs> what are you I drinking? I, I'm drinking the same thing I was last week, which is probably why I didn't mind not telling you guys what I was drinking. I have yeah. um, the Cabernet Sauvignon Boda Box. Uh, still Boda kicking. Box. That's what I was drinking. Yeah. Yes. So I think I'm going to have to make um, an order here soon uh, to get more because I think I'm getting near the end. It's not coming out with such force as it was at the yeah. beginning. Oh, yeah. So. Kenny, are you Kenny? drinking something? Yeah, I'm drinking a beer called Slush. It's a sour ale with strawberry, raspberry, lemon, and lime. Ooh, that Ooh. sounds good. It's that sounds kind of like um, like a slushy. Do you think that's it's why not, it's called that? Mm, it's not too slushy. There's like a different type of beer called a slushy sour. 
Mm. That, it's not much like that. It's just kind of a very fruity, sour beer. Okay. But it's good. Great. All right, I'll bring my good. I'll bring my good wine game next time. Okay, I appreciate I won't that. drink the night before. Um, I don't know what I was thinking. Okay. This is the survival story of a lady named Debbie, which is not her real name, and I don't know her last name. Here we go. So this is a Forensic Files that I watched this weekend on a, a cool Saturday night. It was the highlight of my night. Um, and this is in Marshallsville, Ohio, which is uh-huh. like, this takes place, it's like an hour south of Cleveland. So I think close to like Wooster area. And we're going to go back to 1982, a year after Jenny and I were born. And uh, Marshallville, Ohio is a town with a population of about 750. So a very Ooh. small town. Ooh, I yeah. like it. So there are two victims I'm going to talk about first. And then I'm going to talk about Debbie, who's our survivor. So Is her last name Downer? Um, I don't know. She she <laughs> was really um, just didn't want to share her name, her first name, or her last name. So they called, like, they made up a name for her. So I'm not okay. really sure why, but okay. Well, maybe after you hear her story, you'll, it'll make more sense. So um, 1982, Krista Lee Harrison, she was 11 years old, um, typical kid. She loved softball. Um, she loved... Uh, you know, hanging out by the softball field, which was close to her house. And on July 17th, she was collecting cans with a neighbor kid across the street from her house at the softball field when a van pulled up and the neighbor boy was like a couple hundred yards ahead of her. So she was behind him and this van pulled up, grabbed Kristen or Krista, sorry, grabbed Krista and uh, pulled her into the van and drove away. So a very quick snatch and grab. Not uh, the van was not good. The van was described to be your typical White? kidnapper. No, a, no, it was brown. <laughs> oh. It was like super quintessential kidnapper van. Yeah. Like the bubble windows, uh. very 70s, like very distinct. Well, distinct now, probably not distinct back then, but um so volunteers, so the neighborhood boy and a couple others did have a good description of the van, but uh, volunteers did search the area and they did, they couldn't find anything. And six days later, hunters actually found her body um, outside of town about 30 miles. And her body was wrapped in cl- a clear plastic bag and um, her body was badly decomposed. So uh, when they found her body a couple meters away, they found men's blue jeans and the blue jeans had this like brown paint on it, which will come into play later. Uh, they found a plaid shirt and they found this like awkwardly shaped cardboard box covered in blood. Mm-mm. They also found orange fibers, this really weird, like polyester orange fibers. Um, and they said that her body was uh, sexually assaulted and she had been strangled to death. So they found the the two biggest pieces were the clear plastic bag and the cardboard box. So the clear plastic bag actually was manufactured in Pioneer, Ohio. I have no idea where that is, but it's in Ohio somewhere. And it was used for custom car seats, like black leather car seats. So the bag went around. Did you say Pioneer? Yeah. Okay. It sounds very rustic. Yeah. Pioneer, Ohio. I'm I'm picturing like Eastern Ohio. I don't know why, like Southeastern Ohio. Okay. 
whatever. Right. Um, so the bag was used to wrap these black leather uh, car seats. Um, and they were, it was sold by Sears, these car seats were. Mm. So they were able to track the plastic bag back from that. And then the box actually was used to put the car seats in. So clearly this person who ever murdered her had purchased these black leather car seats because he has two items from this purchase that he's used in hiding her body or putting her body in. Mm. So the investigators reached out to Sears. They tracked down only 23 people had purchased these black leather car seats in Ohio and none of them had a van. Mm. So they were kind of at a dead end at that point. So before Crystalie Harrison was kidnapped and murdered six months prior, actually eight months prior, Tina Harmond, um, she was, I don't know how old she was, but she was a little girl. She was probably like six or seven from her picture. That's what she looks like. She was also kidnapped. She was from a nearby town and her body was found again, eight months earlier. The only problem with her murder is that a guy had been convicted for it and he was in jail. He's a migrant worker. Um, everything that was brought to trial for him was circumstantial. But the guy who was working on Krista Lee Harrison's case remembered working on the Tina Harmon case that they had found orange fibers on her body as well. So he was thinking, he was like, oh my God, I think we have the wrong guy in jail and this guy has committed, this is his second murder now. So, um, and also the, the case against the migrant worker for Tina Harmon, which is girl number two, like I said, was circumstantial. They didn't have a lot of evidence to him, for him. Um, even though he was sentenced to life in prison. Um, okay, so that's kind of where we are. So these two things have happened. Um, let me see. Ba, 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 ba. So, so about a year and a half passes. They can't, they can't officially charge anyone new. This migrant worker is still in jail. Both of these two little girls are dead and they cannot find the killer. Um, and everything in this, in this town has changed. Life has changed because people are freaked out. Um, so 50 miles from where Krista Harrison has died. Um, so in another town called Damascus, Ohio, which mm -hmm. I think is kind of close to Minerva where I grew up, like Eastern Ohio. Mm -hmm. um, this is where Debbie lives. So she's our survivor of the story. And she is a manager of a local gas station. And she was just minding her own business Mm -hmm. Doing some maintenance outside of the gas station one night. And she was approached by a man in a van at gunpoint. And she was taken to an unknown location. And he shaved her head, <gasps> beat her, and tortured her with electricity for hours. Why? Because he's a fucking asshole. So she said that um, the torture lasted for 12 hours. And he, the next morning she woke up and she was tied to a four poster bed. And so he had her ankles tied with ropes and her right hand tied with rope. And then her left hand was tied, was um, bound to the poster bed with a handcuff. Uh -huh. So she had rope, 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 handcuff. Uh -huh. And so she comes to, and she was like, you know, again, completely naked, head is shaved, has been super tortured for 12 hours. And the guy, she sees the guy's face and everything. He walks into the room and he said, I'm leaving for a couple hours. If you try to escape, I will find you and I will kill you. I'll be back soon. 
So he leaves the house. Um, and she, the minute he left, she, her enormous will to live and survival mode took over. And she was like, she said in the um, documentary, she was like, if I had to chew through my hand to get out of this situation, I would have. So she manages to loosen her right arm from the uh, rope and then she unties her two ankles. And then the problem is, is that her left hand is in that handcuff and she said it was on very tight. So essentially for, for like an hour, she works her hand through the handcuff and gets Ugh. out of it. So she, I don't know if she had to like break her fingers or do whatever, but she's able to condense her hand down and get it out of the handcuff. Um, so the minute she was free, she grabbed a robe and ran outside, like took off. And she said she stood in the middle of the street and looked up to the sky and said, um, God, I need a sign. I don't know what to do. And after she prayed, she heard a neighbor's dog bark, like this little poodle dog was barking. So she yes. ran over to that house and um, the nicest, sweet old lady, uh, her name was, let's see, Mrs. Smith, oh, answered Mrs. the door, Smith. Mrs. Smith. And uh, took her in. And again, just imagine she's got her shaved head. She's got a robe on. Um, Mrs. Smith called the police. And when the police arrived, they said that her pelvic area was so bruised that they thought she was wearing purple underwear. That's how bad her, like, that's how, like, black and blue her body was from him torturing her. Um, Mm. So sad. So let's see. She ended up going to the a police station and she ID'd the man, which he was a 43 year old uh, named Robert Burrell. And he worked for the city of Akron. He worked for the planning committee. So he had a good job. He was college educated. He was dating an attorney and he was a very well-respected member of society of the, of the community. Um, so police arrested him. He pleaded no contest to Debbie's charges And he was charged for her charges. And then when they went to search his house, lo and behold, there's a van in his driveway. Mm, Let me guess. It was brown and had bubble windows and was like a total rape van. Well, it was a total rape van. It did not have bubble windows. But they opened the back of the van and it was covered in orange carpet. Mm. So they were like, they were like, holy shit, this is our guy. Mm. So they talked to a neighbor and the neighbor had said, Oh yeah, that van did have bubble windows about a year ago. He mm. ordered new windows and replaced them. So that motherfucker ordered different windows probably to change like obviously the look of his van. Mm. Um, hmm? So police had also found a receipt in his garage for two black leather seats that he had purchased from Sears. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if the van wasn't in his name and that's why they never tracked the seats to him. I'm not really sure how that disconnect happened. But he had purchased the seats just two weeks prior to killing um, Christia, uh, Krista Har- uh, Harrison. Mm-hmm. And uh, they also found uh, paint on the side of his garage, brown paint that actually matched the, the paint on his jeans that they found at Krista Harrison's murder scene. Oh. Um, and they also found, found part of the box from the black seats that were shipped from Sears in his garage as well, like the top of the box or something weird. Um, So let's see. He was convicted of Krista Harrison's murder as well, and he was sentenced to death. He still denied uh, killing Krista Harrison and also Tina Harmon. They tried to pin uh, Tina's death on him as well, but he denied both. 
And if it hadn't been for Debbie's courage and will to survive, police believe that he would have never been caught. And um, Debbie thinks to this day that Kristen was the angel that helped her when she prayed to God to send a sign. Um, I thought it was really sweet. And then Robert, who was the killer, he was executed in 2002. And again, he still denied ever killing those two girls. But in 2010, investigators used new DNA to test both girls. And the results confirmed that he did, in fact, murder both of those girls. Yep. And that is the survival story of Debbie and the murders of Krista Harrison and Tina Harmon. And it took place in Ohio, which I'd never heard the story before. So, wow, that's crazy. It's a great forensic files if you're interested. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there, forensic you files. Go. There I do too. You go. I assume this is a classic forensic file since it's from a while ago. It is a classic. Um, I I watched it. it I didn't watch it on Netflix because Net- Netflix has it now. So. I think it was, here, I took a picture of it. I think it was, like, season eight or something like that. Mm, okay. So, well, okay. just Google her, Google Krista Harrison. You'll find it. People okay. figure it out. Wow. Good job. That Thanks. is terrifying. I feel like electrical torture is not good. No. And I know Chris, uh, Krista Harrison, they said that she was probably, because her body was so badly decomposed, that she was probably in his garage for a, uh, you know, I mean, she was in there for six days, but he had killed her and left her dead body in his garage for like six days. Mm. So, yeah. What a piece of shit. And for to sure. shave her head, why would you, I mean, maybe that was to torture her like electrically. A, I think that's a power thing too. And a power thing too. Yeah. So just, just so sad. So. Oh my God. Kenny. Kenny, <laughs> can you lift our spirits? Yeah, I can try. Uh, so, a man thought he was ordering a burrito at Taco Bell, but he was doing what instead? Oh. Please hmm. say. So, it was, he got arrested, if that changes anything. Um, so he thought he was ordering a burrito. Mm-hmm. Well, did he accidentally order, like, a prostitute? That's Interesting a good guess. Take. I like that, though. <laughs> um so he thought he was ordering a burrito i mean i'm thinking like drug deal like is it some type of drug deal that i don't know i don't know kenny he was in a bank drive through <laughs> oh <laughs> so he was high or drunk yeah so he was arrested <laughs> after the police found him asleep in the bank drive through lane That'll the manager of the bank saw him out there and went out and knocked on his window several times. When he woke up, he asked for a burrito. And when he said this was a bank, he drove away a little bit, but then just fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so was he was he drunk and high or just, uh, what did they say? They found Oxycontin and Xanax in the car. Oh, yeah, that'll do I'm her. assuming he was on that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Both of those will make you fall asleep for sure. That's great. Wow. I didn't even think of that. I, I wouldn't like, have thought of that either. I'm like, oh, he's at Taco Bell. Delicious. And now I'm thinking about Mexican food is what I'm doing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Mexican food sounds so good right now. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. thanks for listening, guys. 
yeah we hope we see you next week we we do this every tuesday well we release this every tuesday uh and don't forget to check out our bonus episodes coming out on thursdays so see you next week bye bye guys